Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. The world. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. Vince Murata. The power packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Happy Thursday. Good morning, Valley sports fans. How is everybody doing today? Welcome to what is, to me, a very special Thursday, Vinny. You might think it's the dog days of August, but today is actually the continuation of one of the most incredible streaks in professional sports. Today is the day the Baltimore Ravens will attempt to win their 21st consecutive preseason game. They, Sorry, Exhibi- They are the exhibition champions of all time. How that, do you do that? That's an unbelievable streak. It, it is. And people say, oh, it's just coincidence. And there's a lot of coincidence involved in that. Let's be honest. It's preseason football. Mm-hmm. But for the coincidence to last that long, 20 straight That's five games? years of preseason games. Give them credit. They're great exhibitionists. Oh, <laughs> yes, they are. Now, back it's in the like old... Deshaun Watson should play for the Ravens. Oh. <laughs> wow. It is 6.03. Wow. Back in the old timey-timey days, the Green Bay Packers won 19 in a row, but that was back in the old timey days when football was much different and there was a wide vari- wide gap between teams. And, and they played nine preseason yeah, games. Yeah, right, exactly. And they actually played their starters. Right, right, exactly. The fact that the Ravens have somehow won 20 games spanning 12 different quarterbacks, 35 different dudes scoring touchdowns in that span of time, it's it's just mind-boggling how something that doesn't matter, how they're so good at it. That describes the things that I'm good at in my life. Right. The things that don't matter. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's true. <laughs> I'm really Sandler good trivia. at ping pong. Adam, Adam Sandler trivia. I'm good trivia. at trivia. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I am Ooh. the Baltimore Ravens of life. Okay. I see a great social studies question. Just hit at Bigley underscore Marana. Yeah. Really? Jared. The most meaningless thing that you're good at? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's literally it. I saw somebody put up a poll on Twitter yesterday about if you could just wake up with an ability, what would it be? Would it be to be great at like home repair and DIY? Would it be to alert, uh, uh, speak a new language, to play an instrument? Something that you could, just, a skill that you could instantly acquire, what would it be? And, and you just posted that question? No, no, not that one, because that, oh, okay. that was somebody else's. But okay. I saw that on Twitter yesterday, and it's okay. an intriguing thing to think about. Yeah. <laughs> I think about that stuff all the time. Yeah. Now that all the time has passed in my life and all the opportunity, it's like, why haven't I learned how to play an instrument? I'm 51 years old. I know. I've, I've, liked, what music. Are you on, I've man? liked music my whole life. You have a lot of time now each afternoon to. Practice. It's hard to practice when you're sleeping. <laughs> Get out of bed, man. Never stop Keith Richards. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right, start the show, Ferret. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. 
The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Cardinals on their way to Cincinnati for their Friday preseason matchup against the Bengals at Paycor Stadium. Cliff Kingsbury did say Wednesday he expects Dennis Gardeck, Zaven Collins, and Marco Wilson to start in the game and doesn't expect to see any projected big-time contributors on offense to see action in that game. That includes rookie tight end Trey McBride, who missed practice Wednesday. Again, with that back injury that slowed him down, the head coach is hoping that McBride is ready to go next Sunday night in the home preseason opener against those Baltimore Ravens. Will yeah. the streak be intact? I'm saying. We'll find out. I, it, and does a team like the Titans, do they, like, you know what, let's end this nonsense. Let's just beat the tower out of these fools. I don't think D- so. It's probably just you do you. But we'll, there's got to Don't worry be... about us. Okay. <laughs> All right. What's the average margin of victory during this preseason win streak? Do we know? I wonder if do people inside the game make fun of the Ravens because of this, like the tryhard sons in the regular season. I, you know what I mean? I wonder if people roll their eyes at this. Yeah, congrats on your 20-game yeah, preseason. Right. On your fake winning streak. Right. I yeah. haven't been following it enough to see like if it's just coincidence or if it's literally like they play really hard and keep the starters in and or whatever, the better players in in the second halves and stuff to win. It could just be like Again, a long co- coincidence. coincidence. Yeah. Uh, other uh, NFL preseason news, Cleveland Browns announced that they're expecting to start Deshaun Watson at quarterback in their preseason opener Friday night against Jacksonville. Watson and the team waiting for a ruling from Peter C. Harvey on the league's appeal of Watson's six-game suspension originally handed out by Sue L. Robinson. There is still a chance Harvey's ruling could come down before tomorrow's game and the suspension for the Cleveland quarterback could start immediately. How weird that he's even... Planning on playing. <laughs> yeah, that's the way they frame it. We're, plan- we're planning on starting Deshaun Watson Friday yeah. night. We'll see what yeah. happens. Uh, that first full week of NFL preseason gets underway tonight. Two games on the schedule, including uh, Titans-Ravens, as we've already dis- already discussed. The other one, Giants visiting Foxborough to face the Patriots at 4 o'clock. That'll be on NFL Network. Uh, there are now reports that Kevin Durant sees Boston and Philadelphia as, quote, desired landing spots in a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, part of the timeline, June 30th, Durant requested a trade with Phoenix and Miami as his top two destinations. Earlier this week, met with Nets owner Joe Sy to say he wanted to be traded if head coach Steve Nash and GM Sean Marks were not fired. Uh, so the list of potential suitors is growing, yeah. meaning the chance of Kevin Durant landing in Phoenix is just about nothing. dead. Yeah, I, th- I think you and I both had the exact same reaction to that news. Even though it's only a report from somebody, it's pretty clear the circle is expanding for Kevin Durant and probably out of necessity. Mm-hmm. The D-backs winning streak snopped. Uh, snopped? Stopped? <laughs> That's a combination of stopped and snapped. And schnapps? Yeah. Uh, it was snapped at three straight. 6-4 loss to the Pirates at Chase Field. Madison Bumgarner got touched up for five runs on eight hits and six innings of work. Uh, D-backs offense managed just seven singles in the game. They did load the bases with nobody out in the bottom of the ninth inning. But Carson Kelly hit into a weird double play that kind of indicated the base runners in question which were Emmanuel Rivera and Sergio Alcantara, didn't know the rules. Did you see that play? It was wacky stuff. Mm. Uh, And then they went out without a whimper. Four-game series concludes this afternoon at uh, Chase Field. 
with Merrill Kelly throwing for the D-backs against Pittsburgh's J.T. Brubaker, who, by the way, is 0-7 in road starts this season. First pitch, 12:40. Pre-game coverage begins at noon on ESPN 6:20 a.m. and 98.7 FM HD2. Another nationally televised event tonight: second annual Field of Dreams game in Dyersville, Iowa. The Cubs and Red, the Cub, the and, Cub, and the Red. Duh. Two teams that combined 42 games under 500 will take their show inside the corn. It's corn. It's corn. <laughs> I can't okay. imagine a more beautiful thing. Yeah. It gets underway at 415. Have you guys ever been in a cornfield out of curiosity? Yes. At, have you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Did a corn maze at midnight. Oh, once. yeah. yeah. They, they're freaky. Yeah. Nope. They're freaky. Or as it's also known, a maze maze. That's true. Some people do call it that. Uh, Mercury shorthanded without Diana Taurasi and then found out Skylar Diggins-Smith wouldn't play before the game. Uh, still led Minnesota by one point entering the fourth quarter before falling 86-77. The Mercury now on the outside looking in on the playoff picture. They're one of four teams tied with identical 14-20 records, but the tie-breaking procedure has them in 10th place. They will host Dallas tomorrow night. And former Cardinals receiver Larry Fitzgerald heads the, headlines the Arizona Sports Hall of Fame class of 2022, which was announced yesterday. The other members of the class include uh, late journalist Pedro Gomez, former NAU women's basketball star Peggy Kennedy, uh, former Mercury star and current uh, Xavier College prep coach Jennifer Gillum, Seton Catholic girls basketball coach Karen Self, and longtime Valley Sports executive and ambassador, the late Michael Kennedy. And the uh, FedEx playoffs underway today. St. Jude Championship in Memphis without those live golfers who tried to sue their way in. Sorry, they're on the outside looking in. Uh, and not really much to Good. speak of as t- in terms of big names on the early leaderboard. They're just underway in uh, Tennessee. There you go. There is your splash for Thursday, August 11th. Coming up next, yeah, those chances of KD coming to Phoenix. Dwindling by the second. We'll get into all the latest reporting next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and Murata Mornings. You signed a $193 million four-year guaranteed contract. You can't sit there. He wanted Atkinson gone. If now they want Nash out, why, why did they fire Atkinson, the two of them? That, of course, is Irving. And, because they went to Marks, get Atkinson out of here. I don't want to play for him. So right out of the gate, now they get a second coach. They already got one coach. Now we give him a second coach. Listen, Jay, I know he's great. I know once the season starts, we enjoy watching him play. He's a wonderful player. Mr. Canty, you too. But as far as Chris his... isn't in this block, guys. Oh, he's not. I'm sorry. Just yeah, Jay and I. Uh, as far as his just behavior with this contract and he, what he has done, it's a complete disgrace. And I'm telling you right now, that I talk to those Net fans. You live here. You know that. They're fed up with him. You know, we know how great he is. All right. You know how great he is, he, but we're fed up. That's this Chris, is the garbage you give me! Christopher Matt Dog Russo on uh, first take. Uh, his thoughts on the Kevin Durant situation, the behavior being disgraceful. Um, we know that's been a feeling for a while, but there were new developments yesterday, and the reporting that uh, Kevin Durant now sees a couple of other teams, rivals of the Brooklyn Nets, by the way, right. as suitable landing spots for him to play basketball. Boston, right. now he, see, he wants to play with Marcus Smart. <laughs> Philadelphia would like mm-hmm. to play with James Harden again. Yeah, how about uh, that? They were hanging out at a Travis Scott concert in London while he wasn't talking to Joe Cy. Um 
I think what, what Mad Dog says there, look, I think there's a lot of truth in it. And a, a lot of people are bringing this up. Kevin Durant's already had a coach fired in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. He had Kenny Atkinson yeah, shown the door yep. leading to the hiring. I mean, there was an interim there where Jacques Vaughn took over, but then Steve Nash got the job. How do you do this now if you're Joe Sy? Do you say, okay, we, we let you have influence on one of our firings uh, and, and who the next head coach was, um, but now we're not going to let you do it a second time? Right. There's a reason why Kevin Durant feels this entitled. Of course, and that's the whole thing. And when when you in, when you indulge the entitled, what happens? Do they become more entitled or less entitled? What do you think? Hmm. What do you, how do you think that works? I don't know where to go on this yeah, question. Right. Um, so I, when I heard this yesterday, the first thing I did, my eyes rolled in my head, and I'm like, okay, why am I reacting that way? And I'm reacting that way because as as the Phoenix Suns become less of a possibility, and I agree with you, I think that candle is just about out right now. The more the more you see how disgusting Kevin Durant is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When, is, when you know he's not coming here, you look at it differently and you go, oh, you what is wrong with this guy? You don't have to accept any of the flaws because right. he's not yours. That's right. You don't have to live the lie. Right? <laughs> you don't have to. So it, it's, it was a really weird reaction I had. And I thought, okay, this has got to be a reaction to the fact that they just know there's, there, there's nothing. You can't get blood out of a turnip is the old saying. There's nothing in Miami that that is remotely worth for uh kevin durant there's nothing in phoenix remotely worth kevin durant and if he doesn't want to do the full-on uh go you know scream and 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 cause bloody hell everywhere which i don't think he does not everybody is jimmy butler not anybody not everybody can pull that off yeah but if you're philadelphia and we'll get to boston in a second if you're philadelphia and, you know, the, the the stuff that trickled out yesterday, the Sixers would almost certainly have to include Tyrese Maxey in a trade for Durant. Given the dynamics at play, you'd think to, Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibel, and other players' draft picks right. would be included. Yeah. So, again, this is a situation where you're basically gutting the core of your team. Mm-hmm. I think it makes more sense for Philadelphia, although a Harden, Durant, Joel Embiid uh, trio, yeah. that could be ripe with drama, just yeah. like everywhere else he, uh-huh. he goes. Uh-huh. If I'm the Boston Celtics, I'm moving on. Are I, you? I'm not touching this trade. I don't care now that, oh, I guess I could end up in Boston. That seems suitable. The Celtics played for the championship. They got to game six. And, oh, by the way, they've improved. I think they've very much improved this offseason with a couple of the the acquisitions they've made. Malcolm Brogdon, Danilo Gallinari, those are two upgrades. Mm -hmm. I say run it back. This (laughs) This might be the most talked about thing in basketball in years that never happens. Maybe. This might be much ado about nothing. Well, I, no, I, I do think it's – I think he's going to get traded somewhere. I, I, I do not think that after you throw your coach and GM under the bus, you just come back and, and rejoin that team. I, I don't buy that. So I do think he will be moved. It's just a matter of when and who and, and all that. That's my belief. Anyways, uh, uh, look, I, I, you've got a, you've got a point about Boston because they really did have a great connectivity last year. They seemed to have something special. Um, they were very close to sealing the deal, and yet they can also look at the East. and And there's a lot of things that are still in play, and and there's a lot of. There's a lot of luck that they uh, in, encountered along the way. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they shut the book on it. I think that they've got they've got heavy questions, just like the Suns do. 
It's yeah, the, it's same the same thing. Yeah. The Suns were the finals team the year before that. Mm-hmm. And the year before that, Miami was the finalist team, and they're yeah. interested in Durant. And the year before I, that, Toronto was the finalist team, and they're interested in Durant. What, what I, when what Durant I, becomes yeah. available, I guess yeah. you're willing to... You know, it doesn't matter how close you were. I, I'm just real curious if 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 Kevin Durant has had a change of heart because, again, the word obsessed was something that crossed Vinny's path and my path as well. And, and my source in this situation later when I doubled back with this source said, yeah, but you have to understand <laughs> Kevin Durant has a lot of obsessions. They come and go. And and I wonder if that's the Phoenix Suns or I wonder if, if they just realize it's that deal is not going to happen now. I don't know. I, I, I do think like you though it, it does kind of feel like this is the end of it even though the even though the people who believe that Kevin Durant was coming to Phoenix have believed full on throughout mm-hmm. all of this yes. because of that word obsession yes and yes. to me if you're now in this part of the process adding teams to your list it wasn't quite an obsession. It was a crush. <laughs> it was a crush. I mean, right, because exactly. we've all seen movies right. about uh-huh. obsession. Yes. They're all about stalkers. Those movies all end the same Kevin way. Kevin Durant's not standing outside the window peering in. <laughs> Those movies all end the same way. Yeah. The stalker dies. He yeah. doesn't He <laughs> yeah. doesn't then have a crush on somebody else. That's not right. how the movie ends. That's true. That's a good point. So it's more like a crush. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I think that uh, I think we're starting to see – uh, people really turn on Kevin Durant. I mean, it, it's. A, I was reading something yesterday that that there are a lot of fans in Brooklyn who are rebelling on this. Like, forget this guy. Who is this guy to ask for that? Well, he's got no currency built up there either. Yeah, right. That's it. it That's in, it. In Brooklyn, it was all about what he had done in other places mm-hmm. and the promise of doing something there. They've done nothing. Do you think fans also have enjoyed? The everything that he brought to the team, like he was in charge of bringing Kyrie Irving and James Harden and Steve Nash. Do you think the fans have enjoyed this era? No of drama and underperformance. I think they enjoyed. I think they enjoyed the playoff run last year. Uh, but I think, but that was without all those guys. Well, that's true. All right, that's that true. was like the that's team of backups. Yeah. That, that like, even focuses on Durant. His most yeah. memorable moment and his biggest moment as a Brooklyn Net was him doing, not by his own fault, him doing something wrong. His foot was on the line. Yeah. If his foot's not on the line, they might win a championship. Their favorite moment was probably the bubble run when it had all. When Durant was injured, when they didn't have uh, Harden yet, yeah. when Harris Levert yeah, was, it was all, up. it was yeah, all these right. like role player guys yeah. that were stepping up and they made that run. Yeah, when they couldn't even win when they needed to to help the Suns. I know. Right. What? Remember that? Screw them. Yeah, I hate right. the Brooklyn Nets. All right. What have they ever done for us? <laughs> They've done nothing. Nothing but heartache. So uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm I wouldn't say curious is the right word. I, I I like many starting to get fatigued by this whole thing because it's it's one thing to believe that that Kevin Durant through the force of relationships with people in Phoenix have said I want to get out of there. The fact that 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 now Brooklyn is dealing with their like biggest rivals in in the conference is just whack too. Yeah, I I, it's I agree. Bizarre. But people pointed it out, and we talked to Alex Schiffer earlier in this week, uh, and he said, "Hey, Brooklyn already traded James Harden yeah, to true. Philadphia. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I mean, they, they're going to run it back. It was an unmitigated disaster with those two. Oh, but it's not Kyrie; it's Joel Embiid. Yeah, he's an easy guy to get along with. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, this thing is an absolute mess. Uh, Coming up next, the Arizona Cardinals just one day away from actually seeing somebody on a football field with a different colored uniform. We'll get into the latest from Cardinals camp next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Uh, you can see in the NFL the trend of guys that most teams know are going to start on getting a lot of work in the preseason anyways, and so it's been good for the, the young guys to be able to show what they can do and get the majority of the reps. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Bigley and Murata. Not a ton. I mean, we're going to play some guys who have a chance. Like Zavin will play some. Um, Gardeck will play some. Marco on defense. Offensively, yeah, not not too many guys that I think will, will crack that starting lineup. Yeah, so if you're uh, looking at tomorrow night's preseason opener, Cardinals versus Bengals, for an opportunity to scout some fantasy players, eh, you're not going to get a whole lot of intel there. Uh, it is interesting, though, uh, Cliff Kingsbury reiterating, Bick, right there, that the guys that will play a little bit more in that preseason opener mm-hmm. are on the defensive side of the ball. Yep. And I don't want to say all eyes are on Zayvon Collins but I, because I don't think that's the case. But this I kind of think it is. This is kind of a, hey, we're challenging you to get better, and, and you're going to run with these guys that are fighting for roster spots yeah. right now. Yeah, I think, I think like I said, I do think it's, it's really much about him, and I do think that there's going to be an expectation that if he's really that kind of football player, good enough to be drafted with a first-round pick, you better pop against the Bengals reserves mm-hmm. in the first preseason game. And I think that's what they want. I think they want to see him, you know, making big tackles, filling gaps, hitting, blowing people up, making the right reads, playing fast, playing aggressive, looking like an impact linebacker. You Impact linebackers in the NFL, you know them when you see them. Oh, yeah. And, you know, going back to I was out of practice on Monday and, and where I was standing when they were doing the individual position drills was right by the inside linebackers. And Zaven Collins is a jaw-dropping specimen. Mm-hmm. And then when you see him in the agility drills, uh, just how he moves, mm-hmm. that's an impact linebacker. Yeah. It's in there. Yeah. It's just got to come out. Yeah. I, and I think that w- one of the things that's interesting to me is that a lot of times uh, Zaven Collins and Isaiah Simmons have been referenced together um, as a pair of just towering kind of linebackers who can really re- redefine this defense. I thought it was very interesting when early on in camp, Vance Joseph put put a foot down and said, no, don't compare the two. Isaiah Simmons is about to become a star. Zaven Collins is looking to get on the field. And I thought that was very interesting to me because – We've we've heard how far Isaiah Simmons thinks he's come, and yet where is I where is where is Zane Collins and all all of this? To me, I look at him and I and I see a guy that was really if you watch him in college, he was clearly not playing elite competition every week, but but there was a lot of oomph to him. There was a there is a loudness to his game, and I think that's what people want to see from him. This weekend. Yeah. Uh, Zayvon Collins mm-hmm. uh, himself sat down with Wolf and Luke yesterday 
uh, talked about how much action he expects to see. It all depends on, you know, what what happens during the game. You know, obviously there's going to be certain players since the first preseason game not participate in the game, which is, you know, normal. And uh, I hopefully, hopefully I get to play, you know, quite a bit. I, you know, didn't get to play. I played in the beginning of the first year, had a little shoulder injury, some other stuff go on, kind of declined in play. And then, you know, at, towards the end of the year, started playing a lot more. So um, the end of the year was kind of good, but, you know, I kind of want to make up for the middle of the year last year, get back into, you know, playing football uh, how, how we were last year. Yeah, and if you look at those snap counts from, mm-hmm. from earlier in the year uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Zaven Collins did not play more than 57% of the snaps in any single, any single game, game last yeah. year. And that no. was the Houston game right? where they had a comfortable lead and won by 26 against inferior competition. So that was probably the reason why. But in the back half of the year, um, Green Bay, 4%. San Francisco, 5%. Carolina, 31%. Again, again, that was one-sided in the wrong direction. Uh, didn't, uh, didn't play at all on defense against Seattle. In fact, he had... Four games without a defensive snap last year. Yeah, and that's that's kind of surprising, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Now yeah. He, he had a shoulder injury that nobody knew about until mm-hmm. a week ago. Yeah, and, but you know that shoulder injury didn't prevent him from playing a high number of special team snaps right. in those games. That's did it just stunt his growth? Right. Maybe that's what he's talking maybe. about. Maybe. Maybe or or maybe it's a convenient excuse. I, but either way, I, I think that the burden of proof is clearly on Zayvon Collins, and I think that clearly the team wants to see him look like an impact player in whatever whatever plateful of reps he gets. The fact that he's starting this game is unusual in and of itself. I, I made the uh, comparison yesterday to like when Marquise Chris was or Dragon Bender was in like their third year in the summer league. And they were like dominating all these guys that were trying to make teams. Mm-hmm. That's what you'd like to see Zaven Collins, you know, look like he's a level above the other players mm-hmm. playing in the that's, first preseason that, game. Yeah, that's uh, you. You almost want him to look like he's too good to be out there in the first preseason game. Like, yeah. you almost want to be like, okay, get him out of there. Yeah, like, you're just like, risking injury at this point. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's like when you send Ish Wainwright to the summer league, and you yeah. like, go show it's, me you don't belong there. That, exactly the same the same right. idea. Now with the Isaiah Simmons star backer thing, his his new role this mm-hmm. year, are we to believe then that that he, Nick Vigil and Zayvon Collins could all play together at the same time? Yes, depending on personnel grouping, but yeah, I think so. Isaiah Simmons, again, when I was there on Monday, I was working out with the safeties on the position groups. So mm-hmm. they're going to move him all around. And I honestly, would it shock you, Bick, if you saw snap counts broken up by position that Isaiah Simmons lined up more as a safety or as an edge rusher than an inside linebacker? That wouldn't shock me no, at all. No. That probably depends on Zavin, though. Yeah. Maybe. Because if he's not doing you know that well they might have to move Isaiah back to his right. normal position yeah. yeah so I think that I, I think that come out make a make some make some plays announce yourself declare yourself too good to be playing and starting in a first preseason game and then I think I think that's a, that's a, a puzzle piece that that gets locked into place one of the other stories coming out of the Cardinals this is funny uh, every year the rookie's got to put on a show Usually at the end of meetings, they'll they'll call on a rookie. You're seeing it in Hard Knocks, the Aiden Hutchinson thing, singing Billy Jean. is all over the place. Well, the Cardinals do it every year as well. Uh, Manny Jones is a rookie defensive tackle out of Colorado State. And what he did for his talent portion 
was an impression of Kyler Murray. We don't have any video. Darn it. We don't have any audio. Darn it. Maybe this comes out in the next edition of Flight Plan. They just released an edition of Flight Plan that mm-hmm. the Cardinals kind of in-house hard knocks. But A.J. Green talked about it. That was, that was about an A. That was a good one. The way he walked in with his durag on in the shades and the way he answered the questions, that was spot on. It was, it was fun. Uh, but it was, uh, K1 was laughing, so that was good. That was positive, too. Yes. So, so <laughs> apparently, Manny Jones comes in and his talent was he recreated the impromptu press conference <laughs> of Kyler Murray that talking, I will not have my work ethic question. <laughs> for a guy, uh, an undrafted uh, rookie out of Colorado State, for that's that's the the football equivalent of you know picking up the the toughest guy in the prison yard and starting to fight with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we get this guy on the radio, Jarrett? I want to hear this impression. I wonder if it would work as well without the visual. I, well, I think so. That's his way I, th- of saying I think no. Kyler Murray's got a very unique way of of delivering and speaking, and yeah, yeah I I just I haven't. There was mixed Quite reviews. Defined. AJ Green was on the the high end of the spectrum. Uh, others weren't as impressed. But okay. The question was to AJ Green followed up. Were you worried that Kyler wouldn't laugh at this? A little bit. We were all checking, looking behind us, make sure it was okay. <laughs> Apparently, now Kyler, Kyler was into it. So <laughs> that's that funny. funny. That's funny that everyone's looking around. To how how exactly is our guy handling this? Yeah, I, that, that I, says a lot, too. I didn't expect to say this, but I'll be rooting for Manny Jones yeah, tomorrow right. to do some things. Make the team, Manny. <laughs> I mean, he might get some fourth quarter reps. We should see, but <laughs> that's pretty – that's some gutsy stuff right yeah, there. Yeah, not just any Kyler moment, but that Kyler moment. Okay. Yeah, the moment that was – yeah. That's that. That <laughs> Un, is bold. I respect Unplanned it. and about as open as Kyler Murray has been. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Uh, Cardinals and Bengals. Uh, tomorrow, all-day coverage uh, and all the action here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Another preseason opener tomorrow. Will we see Deshaun Watson throw a pass in an NFL game? It's still up in the air. We'll get into the latest on that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. <laughs> I wasn't surprised because I know that the Browns want to get him on the field as much as possible to get that rust off. Um, You know, I think it's important to point out that Cleveland has a set of plans for all the different situations. And right now, they're riding on the situation that Deshaun Watson is going to be out the first six games. And they've got to operate like that. And if you think about it, guys, they're actually put in a really tough spot because they've got to figure out who the quarterback really truly is, the quarterbacks that need the work. They've got to get this offense going. I, I can't imagine it's it's easy right now in Cleveland knowing that everything is really up in the air. Oh, poor Cleveland. Things are hard there. <laughs> they have tough decisions to make. Uh, Diana Rossini from ESPN on the news that uh, came out yesterday, the Cleveland Browns planning mm-hmm. – on starting Deshaun Watson in their preseason opener against the Jacksonville Jaguars tomorrow night. That's still very much up in the air. As it stands right now, he'll be on the field. But if Peter C. Harvey comes out with his uh, his ruling after it was put on his plate by Roger Goodell, uh, and that says immediate suspension of any length, Deshaun Watson won't be on the field. And I think if I'm the Cleveland Browns pick, I know you want to see him. I know there's a lot of rust built up with Deshaun Watson. He didn't play last year. But 
it's looking like he's going to be gone for an extended period of time. Right. So maybe what Diana Rossini is referring to, Cleveland's got to look at the other guys. Yeah, listen, see, to me, it's it, there's something about this that, that feels a little bit off to me because Roger Goodell's, his, his condemnation of Deshaun Watson, while maybe very much deserved, was also, I think, it was different than I've heard him talk about other players in situations like this. He, he he had real strong remarks about Deshaun Watson, called him predatory. Mm-hmm. And and so in funneling this clay, case to somebody else, he's basically giving this somebody else, this appeals officer, Peter Harvey, a very strong inclination of what Roger Goodell would like out of this. Roger uh, Goodell, Commissioner Goodell. So, right, and so, so that to me, it, it's kind of like I've always laughed about this when, when, when companies go in and they hire outside firms to like do studies for them, and the the company interviews um, the company that wants to get the, the 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 information done, and they find out what do you what, what do you want to find out, and then they tailor those results around what are you looking to find out, what are you looking to know, what do you want out of this this survey, what do you want out of this? Yeah, what yeah. are you paying us to find for you? It, Exactly. And so this has got that kind of feel to it to me. Kind of like, okay, wink, wink, this is what we want you to do with this. We want you to come back with something significantly harsher than previously. It's interesting to me. With that being the case, why would Roger Goodell not just do it himself? Hand it down himself. Yeah, I don't if know. If he has a clear vision of what he yeah, wants and right. the message he wants to send, send it yourself. For yeah. him to for him to come out flat out and say there are multiple violations here, I, I I don't know what this is all about. I don't know whether this is to counter criticism that the NFL only interviewed X amount of complainants, plaintiffs. I don't know. Maybe it's just it just seems that Roger Goodell has taken this one. Personally, finally. But it's also like he's trying to have his cake and eat it too, so to speak, where he's going to keep saying like how bad it is, yeah. how harsh it should come down. But then he's going to delegate everything to everybody else so that no matter what happens, he's like, well, I put on the record hey, what right. I thought. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, there's exactly. And so so I don't know what to make about this other than to say uh, people are also wondering how much of this is just a vendetta against Cleveland for what they did in signing him to that contract, the way they structured it, the the amount of money they guaranteed, they caused a lot of issues, and it's a real bad look for the league. It, 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 it's so many bad looks from Deshaun Watson's behavior mm-hmm. to the way this has been handled, yep. to the way it's been handled by the Cleveland Browns, who, again, we will never know because not only did they acquire Deshaun Watson, they gave him this outlandish contract. Uh, they've got to be... They've got to be getting towards mm-hmm. immediate buyer's remorse territory, don't you think? Yeah, I. I like, like I, what are we again? Thinking? What I, we I, I don't know though. I, I don't know if I believe that, Vinny, because you know they're they're talking about this is Cleveland, where they're dying to have a Super Bowl caliber football team, and I think that they know that this guy's a cut above. So I, I don't think they've got buyer's remorse at all. Here's uh, the other thing, though: is Cleveland trying to prove a point? Because if all things were normal. There is a 0% chance Deshaun Watson would be starting game one of the preseason. Listen, well, no, I, yes, yes none and no. Of, none, I, of, none, of, none of the other starting quarterbacks in the NFL are going to be no, playing. None of them missed the very other full year, though. It's very odd. But what is happening now at Brown's practice is that that people are teammates are warming up to Deshaun Watson. I read about that, that they're that they're that internally they're starting to really appreciate this guy and his talents. So that's happening. 
and 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 maybe this is sort of a uh, maybe a theater, if you will, for Deshaun Watson to show how how badly he wants to play for Cleveland. I don't. It's weird. I will say that. Not to it's make, definitely odd. Not to make light of the situation, mm-hmm. but this was out there. It hasn't come up on this show. Last weekend in Cleveland was the National Massage Therapist Convention. Uh, that, by the way. that was. I saw that, and I thought to myself, oh. has that been on the books for a while, or is that something that? Is that why he signed there? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Find out where that convention is next year. We'll see if we can engineer a trade. Right. Right. Uh, here's Jeremy Fowler on the Browns expecting further on, on that ruling this week. Just spoke with a Browns official, and I was told that they're loosely expecting a resolution or decision this week, by the end of this work week, because they're taking the word the league by their word that this will be an expedited appeal process. So in theory, Watson could get a ruling about how many games he can play this year, if at all, before he takes the field Friday night in preseason action. I talked to somebody involved in the case. They said there's always room for a potential settlement talks because the league has made proposals of a settlement in past weeks. So it's maybe a certain amount of games and a fine, but that would have to pick up right now. Right? You know, Everybody's really waiting on Peter C. Harvey, the appeal arbitrator, to make his ruling here. And, and meanwhile, the Browns like what they see from Watson on the practice field. They want to see him in game action. So regardless, he will take the field against Jacksonville. Uh, there's that. Uh, there's also, and you brought this up earlier, um, Baltimore plays tonight. Normally it's like, who cares? It's a preseason game. They play the Tennessee Titans. If they win tonight, it will be their 21st straight preseason win. I went mm-hmm. back. Their average margin of victory during this win streak, 13.4 games. Yeah, They've had three, uh, four one-point wins during this stretch. I don't care wow. what it is. Um, and, you know, is it happenstance, coincidence, whatever you want to call it? Yes, there's an ingredient to that. But th- this is an amazing statistic. Every preseason game they've played since 2016, they have won. I, this is one of the most incredible feats <laughs> I've ever seen. And I know I, this is, a lot of people always think, too, oh, you did great in the preseason, you're going to stink. The Ravens are good. They're good, right. <laughs> So, and I know John Harbaugh likes to kind of cluck around with this whole thing, strut around with this. Like, this is how well prepared we are. This is <laughs> this is how on autopilot our franchise happens to be. And I think there's something to be said for that. Maybe what the Ravens do really well is is conducive to winning exhibition games, which is just not play flashy at all. Mm-hmm. Hand the ball off. I, it's it's really remarkable. They've had 25 different guys force turnovers in that winning streak. They've had all sorts of weird stats happen. I'm curious, have they gone for it on fourth down? Have they kicked field goals late at the end of games <laughs> to win? I, I, I don't. You know what I mean? Have they, have they been a try-hard team? Have they? Do they wink-wink, take this stuff seriously? Yes. I don't know. I mean, the most impressive part of it might have been their four preseason wins in 2019 that were all by double digits. I mean, this is yeah, it's right. This is a 20? preseason juggernaut. Uh, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Great name 20, for <laughs> 20 consecutive wins when when it doesn't matter. That's the coincidence of that is off the charts, isn't it? And yet we can't even watch this game on TV. Oh, it's not on television? No, what? the Giants and Patriots are on. I don't know if you guys saw this. Speaking of uh, NFL and TV, did you see that there are plans for the NFL to expand to Black Friday now? Of so, course there is. Yeah, so the four, yeah, so the three Gosh. games on Thanksgiving or four games on Thanksgiving will not be enough. Let's create another broadcast window. <laughs> oh, come on. Which, yeah. by the way, 
Black Friday is very much a college football day on the calendar. Yes. They, it, <laughs> it it is. The, the NFL right. used, they used right. to play ball with everybody. Like, you can have your day. <laughs> yeah. Now they're but just now, Pac-Man. Now, go, 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 go. Every day is they're their like day. They're like Carlin with a hand fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all see when he dropped his hand fruit the other day? On you the dropped ground? your hand fruit. Did you pick it up and eat it, Carlin? It was near, nearly finished, luckily. Yeah, to his credit, he did not keep eating it. But I watched just to be sure. Was was he devastated? Was there trauma involved? Yeah. Yeah. I like grabbed him on the top of my head. Yeah, I, like bet that. I, oh, no. I bet you did. My hand fruit. <laughs> no! no! Mr. Pear, come back to me. But smart move, Jarrett, because the five-second rule, that no. exists in other places. Not in that studio. Do not, do yeah. not observe that rule here. You, will, you here. will die. Uh, I dropped you will so, die. I think something grabbed it. When it was on. Coming up next, if you're one of those Suns fans that spent time photoshopping Kevin Durant in a purple and orange jersey, it was a waste of time. Sorry to tell you. We'll tell you why next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.